This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. A classic Friday evening news dump related to the United States Department of Justice looking in to the Washington Bridge crisis. Good morning, everybody. Bill Bartholomew here with you. Friday night, we learned that the Department of Justice had sent a letter to the Rhode Island Department of Transportation notifying them of a civil investigative demand pursuant to the False Claims Act, an investigation that concerns the allegations that, quote, false claims for payment for services and or false statements in support of such payments submitted to the United States government pertaining to the Interstate 195 Washington Bridge. So, folks, this completely changes the scope and scale of this crisis. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we all remember back in December on that fateful day when the announcement was made that the westbound span of the bridge was going to be immediately closed after an anonymous inspector who decided they didn't want to have their name out there discovered what was described as a catastrophic failure in the bridge, prompting that emergency closure. And we all remember that week of utter chaos where gridlock in East Providence, gridlock in parts of Providence, people driving everywhere they could to avoid 195, the Newport Bridge, total chaos, all the way through southeastern Massachusetts, back into Pawtucket, 495, you name it, tens of thousands of motorists trying to figure out how to get home or get to work, depending on the scenario, depending on the time of day, utter chaos. Eventually, after about a week, the McKee administration and and the the Department of Transportation announced that they were going to turn the eastbound span of the bridge into a dual bypass, which has significantly improved traffic. But nonetheless, unrelated to the investigation, last week, the governor on Bartholomew Town said, hey, look, you know, it's only something for most people like a 10 to 15 minute inconvenience. And so many of you wrote to me when he said that on the podcast, either on Twitter or an email or you called the radio station and said, wait a second. In some cases, just to get from the Massachusetts state line into Providence is taking upwards of 90 minutes. And that's not just at rush hour. So this is without a doubt, just on a very basic level, a major inconvenience, a major disruption. There's been calls for oversight and that oversight is expected to begin inside the General Assembly shortly. In fact, it may even begin as soon as this week. And we'll see from that standpoint, in terms of a managerial perspective, what's going on here. But the idea that now the Department of Justice is looking into this based on that False Claims Act, folks, that verifies that A lot of the suspicion that this is much bigger than simply a crack being discovered in the bridge that needs to be patched up may in fact be true. Now, last week, about a week ago, on a Zoom call with East Bay legislators, Director Alvidi said something to the effect of, hey, look, there's kind of three different options here. One is we stay on course and we get this thing buttoned up in about three months and by the time we get to spring, the bridge will be restored. Another option is a more significant repair. And oh, by the way, yet another option is total demolition and rebuild of the Washington Bridge, the westbound span. Remember, the the bridge is essentially an array of different bridges. The eastbound span built in the 90s, the westbound span built in the 60s. Nonetheless, altogether, 
it's a major piece of infrastructure that connects not only Providence to East Providence, the, the West Bay to the East Bay, Massachusetts, Cape Cod, they're concerned about this. They're saying, hey, wait a second, our, our tour season's about to start. This is going to impact us in a meaningful way, and, and we need information. We need to know what's going on. In fact, I've got a friend down in New York who said, you know, we go to Cape Cod every summer, not this year. There's no way we're going to get involved in that. And, and look, you, you're looking at it from the outside. Of course, there are times you can pass through, especially traveling from west to east, where it's really just a minor disruption. But there are other points where it is much, much more of a major disruption. In fact, you may recall in my assessment of the state of the state speech, I I was surprised that the that McKee didn't come out and say more to the effect of, look, we understand that this is not only something that kind of feeling the pulse of the community. This is something that is agitating on a day-to-day basis for motorists. But we also understand that it undermines the trust that Rhode Islanders have in their government to execute their responsibilities. And we're going to do everything we can to mend that. But so far, we haven't really heard that type of language. The only person who's really offered any kind of significant apology coming out of the gate was Brett Smiley, the mayor of Providence. But from the McKee administration standpoint, there's been a lot of freelancing by Peter Alviti calling into talk radio, angrily pushing back on talk hosts, you know, getting involved in Zoom calls with legislators. And as of this morning, McKee trying to take control of the situation in light of the fact that this has now risen to a Department of, Inju- Department of Justice investigation, McKee dispatching Joe Almond. Remember Joe Almond, he's the, the uh, former Lincoln Town Administrator and a senior deputy chief of staff to McKee. Almond, as of this morning, is charged with providing oversight and cross-agency coordination for all operations related to the Washington Bridge between the governor's office and the DOT. This is a major deal. This is McKee saying, we're no longer going to allow for Alviti to, to freelance and to just sort of on his own take the reins on this to the extent that he has so far. But folks, let's be clear about something. And, and, and I know that there's been some conspiracy theories and there's been some valid inquiries as well. Here at Bartholomew Town, we have seen documentation. We're going to be following up and bringing you some engineers here on the show who can explain some of the documentation that we've seen related to this bridge. I had been questioning the DOT director back in December about the authenticity of inspection reports that were released. We never really got any clear answers there. But now with a federal investigation into this matter, let me say this. Let's be very clear, folks. There is no way that you're going to sit here on a Monday morning in January and tell me that a bridge that was inspected, supposedly passed inspection in July of 2023, has gone to a point where in December of 2023, a catastrophic failure was discovered, resulting in the closure of that span of the bridge. And now just about a month after that, on the table among three options for this project is total demolition and rebuild of that bridge. There's no way you're not going to do it. There's no way you're going to tell me that that is just happenstance and that's just the way it went and it's a random stroke of bad luck. No chance. There is no way that that bridge passed inspection in July and and, and a half a year later 
One of the possibilities, and again, there's no reason to say right now that the bridge is coming down. I understand the rumor mills churning. I understand people are out there trying to push that notion. As of right now, McKee, you heard him here on Bartholomew Town last week, very clear that he is still optimistic that will not be the case. But the fact that it's on the table is cause for major alarm. How do you go from a point where in July the bridge passes inspection and in January, less, far less than a year later, on the table is total demolition and rebuild? And and, and now you've got East Bay uh, members of, of, of the city council in, in East Providence. They want a state of emergency declared here. There's going to be, depending on how long this goes, you, you demolish a bridge. And I understand that you'd have the eastbound span of the bridge the newer span still open obviously not during the actual demolition or i don't know that i don't know to what extent you can demolish another bridge and have a a a a a, a bridge an array immediately next to the demolished piece still open with traffic flowing i have no idea we'll learn that we'll learn that together when we have some engineers and other expertise on the podcast coming up very soon but the disruption is one piece of this, and now the question is, what happened to the money that the federal government provided for the inspection of this bridge and perhaps others as well? It is as simple as that. There are two stories that are related to the Washington Bridge playing out simultaneously in a cross-section. Number one, what's going to happen? Where are we going with this? How long is this going to go on for? And if you live in South County, if you live in the West Bay, if you don't travel this bridge on a regular basis, you might be you you, you still may understand that it's a problem. And if you travel it during the middle of the day and you don't hit much traffic, it may not may not seem like that big a deal. This has changed the dynamics of the region. This has changed the dynamics from a business standpoint and is just on a quality of life level on a basic function of government level, has changed the dynamics. No question about it, 100%. No way to ignore that fact. So how long is this going to go on for? Uh, It's been about a week since we started to hear the rumors or the conversation and the confirmation that one possibility was total demolition. So we won't know that. Apparently, there's going to be a report from the engineers assessing this sometime at the end of February or sometime in March that'll determine more specifically what the timeline is and and what the actual decision is in terms of demolition, partial rebuild, or just sort of this patchwork type of approach that we've seen. The bigger question is, how could this possibly happen? How can you inspect a bridge and pass that inspe- and have that bridge pass inspection in July? And now in January, the bridge is about to come down. The United States Department of Justice, the U.S. attorney, wants to know what's going on here. And that's what they're doing. They're opening up an investigation, a civil investigation into this matter. They're, they want documentation. They want to understand what's happening. And they are looking at this from the perspective of the False Claims Act. This is a major, major story. I told you when this started This story had the potential or may have already been the biggest Rhode Island story since COVID. Let's not blur the the, the lines here. Let's not get into the the notion that this can be compared to COVID. I'm not saying that the scope of the problem, the crisis itself is the same as COVID. I'm saying as a story 
we're on this story on a daily basis for the most part, and few things have risen to that level since COVID, if anything else. And the way that this is trending right now, McKee moving Almond over to this sort of liaison role is a step forward. But the idea that Alvidi's calling into talk shows and freelancing on this to the extent that he is, now his department, the Department of Transportation, front and center in this investigation. And McKee needs to distance himself from this in any way, shape, and form that he can, number one, and guarantee significant oversight and take the reins. And if, if Alvidi's got to go, Alvidi's got to go. It'll be interesting to see what, and by the way, who replaces Alvidi if Alvidi goes? These are all major questions. Nobody has said that Alvidi is going to resign. Nobody said anything to that effect. Would it surprise me at this point to see Alvidi go? Absolutely not. It would at least satiate some of the wolves that are circling right now. And perhaps it's the right move from just a practical standpoint. But from a project management standpoint, is it the right move? Not sure. Couldn't tell you. The bottom line is the people in the state want two things. One, they want the bridge open again. Two, they want to know what happened and what else may fall through the cracks. What other major infrastructure projects might be in a situation akin to what we're seeing with the Washington Bridge? Now, there are a lot of players in this. I'm not going to name them right now. I'm going to wait and do that in a more patient and responsible manner with the people who can provide expertise. I don't want to sit here and name contractors. I don't want to sit here and offer you uh, particular inspection reports from certain dates. I was, I had asked time and time again in December why the Department of Transportation was sending inspection reports that had Microsoft Word text box on them that weren't the original inspection reports with an embossed date and time. Why didn't we receive original documentation? That's a question that has been a dangling participle, and we want answers, I want answers, you want answers, and we're going to figure it out. But before we figure it out, forget about us. Now the Department of Justice plus the General Assembly on an oversight level, but the Department of Justice is involved. This is a big deal. Now, the idea that there's sensationalism of some of the media that we're seeing where the FBI is coming and is going to raid the state house or that this is McKee's second federal investigation. Forget about all that stuff. That's more just headline-grabbing type of nonsense. Maybe. It may prove out to be true. As of right now, there's no way that that's the case. What we're seeing is a civil investigation pursuant to the False Claims Act. The DOT, they got a pile of cash to fix this, to, to, to repair and to ensure inspection of this bridge. Something went wrong. There's no way that you can sit here and tell me, or any of you, that nothing unusual took place here. Nothing concerning took place here. Now, is it possible the bridge passed inspection in July and a truck drove over it that was overweight, causing the cantilever to bust, and that's what prompted this initial closure and then as they got deep down inside the bridge they discovered oh geez you know there's a lot more to this than we thought absolutely that is a possibility so let's not rule that out let's not jump to conclusions but also let's use common sense here folks let's take a look at what's happening in front of us and i'll tell you right now 
I'm glad that, that McKee put Almond as the, in this liaison type of role. They need to stop Alvidi and his freelancing moment right now. I mean, I understand the guy's, the guy's built a public persona on WPRO with his Ask the DOT segment. He's been very open and available to the media throughout his tenure. And by and large, uh, he has been, although he has been in, it drawn the ire of many of many folks, whether you're talking about his approach to public transit, whether you're talking about his approach to the the carbon neutrality concerns that are on the table. Uh, you remember the the recent spat with Attorney General Narona on that one. Regardless of that, the guy's been pretty much available. But this is a time you don't need to shut him down. But staying on message is so important and sticking to facts. And here's some facts we need to know. We need the authentic, 100% original on company letterhead inspection reports. Going back as far as we can get. Let's go back to 2015. If we can go back further, fine. We want those. We want to see where, if anywhere, this breakdown in the infrastructure actually took place. And why was it allowed to go on? And if, in fact, the storyline as currently presented is 100% true, hey, catastrophic failure sometime in the fall. Take a look at the report from July. You don't see the failure. Now, all of a sudden, we get a lucky break because an, an, an unnamed young engineer happened to catch this. And all of a sudden, now we're in a position where, oh, geez, you know, this thing's a lot, this thing's worse than we may have even imagined, and we better step up and deal with it. That may be the case. It may be totally authentic. At the same time, we need to know that with a lot more assurance than what we're getting right now because that's what's causing the kerfuffle and the conversation to shift, not to the storyline of inconvenience, but now to the storyline of potential malfeasance. The Department of Justice looking into the Washington Bridge situation. Stay with Bartholomew Town. We kind of took a back seat on this issue, not because we wanted to here, but because it seemed like the right thing to do. Let them figure it out. Yeah, the traffic sucks. All right, I found some new podcasts and, and it's been great to kind of, you know, okay, what's a new record I want to listen to or an old record I want to go. I've found ways because I commute from Providence to the East Bay every single day uh, for, for the radio show, for the Dan York show in the afternoon, which I'm on. And every single day I dealt with the traffic both directions, particularly coming back to Providence and it sucks. It changes things, you know, I, I left New York. I don't want this. The same time, okay, that's the way it is. It sucks. The bridge, the, you don't want a bridge collapse. Obviously, no one wants the bridge to be open if it's dangerous. So traffic mitigation conversations are generally just cranker conversations at this point, right? Not much you can do. You can't fly the ferry. Not enough people took it to justify it. A lot of people didn't want to wait in the freezing cold down at the uh, the, the, the uh, India Point there and get dropped off at Colt State Park on a cold day having to Uber all over the place or hope that the Ripta service from the standpoint of the buses was going to be able to take care of you. So that thing, although some people used it, it didn't pan out. But what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to shoot people out of a cannon uh, one by one with a parachute uh, from from Providence to East Providence on a daily basis? 
Got a giant slingshot. Uh, load people up and shoot them, shoot them across the river. Not a whole heck of a lot you can do there other than complain. People are complaining. People are complaining all the time about this. It's annoying. We got it. But Department of Justice, False Claims Act, moving somebody from the McKee inner circle into a, a quote-unquote oversight role and liaison role between the administration and the DOT, that takes this to the next level. And folks, if this bridge has to come down, that's going to, if, if we get that news and we break in and we tell you the Washington Bridge westbound span needs to be demolished, there's no way that that's a three month, one year, anything like it. That is a game, set, match, game changing situation. It makes McKee extraordinarily politically vulnerable if it hasn't already made him extraordinarily politically vulnerable to whether it's folks, whether it's Munoz whether it's Nerona, uh, whoever it is that's going to run in, against him in, in 2026 in that Democratic primary. We like, I like to assume that people are as honest as they can be with stuff, whatever it is, you know, good faith, right? I like, we like that approach. We want that approach. Try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like I said, I don't think McKee should have tarred and feathered LVD during the state of the state. I just think they could have said a little bit more. Hey, guys, this is, forget, hold on a second with everything else. This sucks. It sucks for commuters. It sucks for businesses. It sucks for everybody who's wondering, how could this happen? Because it does challenge the idea at least on the DOT level, that they've got things under control. Now, they're going to push back and say, well, wait a minute, we got it under control because we caught this before the bridge collapsed. This isn't Minneapolis. Okay, we get it. It's, that's valid too. But we've got to be very careful here as we move forward over these next several weeks on this story to understand that it's not just one story, it's two separate stories. Number one, the current and moving forward with the traffic nuisance. And number two, the current and moving backwards on how we got here. I'm Bill Bartholomew. Stay with Bartholomew Town for continuing coverage of the Washington Bridge crisis. And a lot coming up this week here on the podcast. As always, great feedback from last week's episodes with Mayor Smiley, live from City Hall, Providence Mayor Brett Smiley, Governor Dan McKee, live from his office at the State House. And WCBS news radio legend, Wayne Cabot. That was a fun conversation. That one has gotten a ton of traction in a different sphere. Uh, a lot of New York people writing saying, holy Moses, that was great. Appreciate it all. And definitely stay with us as we continue to look at this bridge situation. There's no way you're going to sit here and tell me that a bridge that passed inspection in July is now the subject of a federal investigation and possibly going to need to be demolished just a few months later. Have a great day, everybody.